It's probably on his computer. Yeah, he's probably muted you by accident. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know how to tell him that. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how to sign language that either. All right. So we are um, at the bottom of Ayn Gimel Amid Beis. And um, we're trying to understand if it's uh, the, what's called Chatzishir, Shir, which means the following. The Torah, when it gives the, the big penalties uh, for eating on Yom Kippur, it uses the word eating. Good morning. Can you hear me now? You're still... Uh, Richard, can you hear now? Hey. I don't know. Okay. Um, I think... I'll try again. I can hear you. I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, so, technical difficulties here, but we're still working on it. So, again, when the Torah forbids something and there's a penalty, there's a, a concept that it doesn't forbid... It uses. It doesn't say it's forbidden... It says to eat is forbidden. So there's a legal definition of eating. What's called eating? If you just taste something, that's not called eating. A person doesn't get cut off or whipped or any, you know, for just tasting. It has to be what's considered eating. And we have rules about how we define it. Here we defined it as a big date. You know, you eat the size of a date, then, we, then the person has uh, not afflicted himself, and then we throw the book at him. And then we said, well, if it's two different foods, you can have half a date of peas and half a date of carrots, and then he'll get, then he'll get the book thrown at him. Or what about if it's a little bit of liquid together with, no, the liquid and the solids don't go together. And so those were the rules that we were learning. But what's in, the question here is even though technically to get cut off and to violate the Torah, you have to eat, what happens if you eat less uh, than the Torah amount. Chatzishir. You, like, you smoke the marijuana, but you don't inhale, so to speak. You eat, you eat less. So the question is, is that not forbidden at all? Or is it still forbidden? I'll try again. I still can't hear anything. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, boy. Um, so that's really the question here. And that's called chatzishir. And the Gemara is going to spend half a page on it. We'll go through it very relatively quickly. Uh, there's a, of course, there's two opinions on it. And what the, it's important because, again, the, the ramifications are a person looks, feels they're getting dehydrated on Yom Kippur. So uh, the rule is that if you drink less than a cheekful, it's not called drinking. So how easily can we permit him to have a few sips? In other words, uh, so if Chatzishir... If chatzishir is forbidden, so even though he won't get curry, he's not allowed to take a sip. Whereas if chatzishir is totally okay, so even though the rabbi is only permitted under if he's sick, he's not well, then it's not a big deal. So there's a big difference whether chatzishir is forbidden or not. So that's where the Gemara wants to know. Uh, so um, now the Gemara's question is, uh, if it's true that... Uh, uh, that chatzishir um, is not forbidden. We're asking on the view that it's not forbidden. So, lo korbin When a person takes an oath and violates, though, we're five lines from the bottom on Ein Gimel Amid Beis. Uh, when a person... Any luck, Richard? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on. Okay. So, um, if, if that's true... Uh, yeah. 
you think should we try just all logging off, even you, and then logging on again, see if that resets everything? Uh, let's do that. I guess we could try it. Why not? We're gonna okay. try. Okay. Okay. Uh, technical difficulties. Uh, I don't get I don't it. This, yeah. I don't think that's the problem. The yeah. problem is his computer because Something specific to him. Because yep, yeah. what's his name? Yastrick has it. Is that the only? CPU no, not Yastrick. What's his name? Yeah, Michael. Yeah, this Michael. morning only two. Oh. Yeah, so one hears and the other one doesn't. That's, yeah, so that's that's a laptop. Yeah, so I'm able to hear. Let's see if Richard yeah. gets back on and if he can hear. Right. Okay. So um, that's the question. Here we go. Here's Richard. Good morning, Richard. Can you hear me now? No. That doesn't seem to have worked. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, know. we don't know what else to try. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, you'll have to listen to the podcast. <laughs> so, okay, but that won't be up for a little while. Okay, so, so if it's true that um, uh, when uh, if chazi shir is not forbidden, so when a person takes, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, if it's true when a person uh, takes an oath, so let's just now we jump into the laws of oaths. There's a special. Um, every sin has its own unique uh, qualities, but there's when somebody takes Hashem's name and swears falsely, it's uh, it's really um, it's a unique kind of sin. Not only is he not keeping his word, but he's taking Hashem's name in vain. It's like he's using Hashem's name to promise something. He swears to God, and then he doesn't do it. So the rule is there's a specific penalty called a korban shvua. If he if he swore that he would do something and he doesn't. Now, this Korban Shvua is only if the, the, the uh, vow is a, is a binding vow. Let's say he takes a vow that doesn't do anything, and then he violates it, then he won't bring a Korban. It's only if the vow is binding. Then Now we have to get into the law. It says, when does a, a, vow, uh, a, a, vow, a vow bind you? When does it bind you? When, when does it take place? So if something is already forbidden, and you swear that it's forbidden to you, so the vow didn't do anything because it was already forbidden to you. So if you swear, for example, I'm not going to eat pork. Pork is forbidden to me. That's really what swearing means. You swear all pork is forbidden to me. So this vow, even though he swears to God that all pork is forbidden to him, it didn't, it didn't do anything. So it's as if it doesn't exist. So then when he eats pork, chas v'shalom, He's just going to get the regular whooping. He's not going to have to bring the Corbin about lying about his vow because his vow it, it didn't stand. Right, that's called Mushbaba Omei. Correct, right. right. So that's the whole issue over here is that is something forbidden already. Now, what happens if you want to say that Minatora, you're only forbidden if you eat a date size of pig? You know, you eat a whole piece of pepperoni of the whole piece of that whole, that whole round piece. So if you were to eat half a piece, Torah, you wouldn't be throwing the book at you. Hatzishir is not us or Torah. So then when he makes a vow, he does forbid something that the Torah didn't forbid. The Torah only forbid you to eat it. His vow forbids any of it. So it comes out then the vow would work. And that's really the question. Well, why don't you dice it the same way? The way it applies to the Torah eating standard. Because the vow, he doesn't use the word eating. He says, pork is forbidden to me. Oh, but if he said oh yeah, you're correct. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, okay. He's just saying, pork is forbidden. Oh, so, okay. really, Torah, if you want to say that Chatzishir is not Usr, so then um, uh, he should, uh, 
that his vow did take. So that's the whole story over here. Uh, so if that's true, that Chatzi Shir is forbidden, if it's already forbidden, so then his vow doesn't mean anything, and he shouldn't have to bring a Korban Shvua. Why do we learn? He swears he won't eat. Well, that's using the E word. It is the E word. Well, that's exactly our point, uh, that he used the E word, and if Torah eating is only um, a shear, and he eats something that's already forbidden. So the first view is he's going to have to bring a Korban Shvua, because in addition to being guilty of eating treif, he's violated his oath. Rav Shimon Pater. Rav Shimon says no. Why? Because according to Rav Shimon, he didn't forbid anything that wasn't already forbidden. He didn't add anything with his oath. But what do you mean he didn't add? Um, well, the question, he's explaining Rav Shimon. Why, Chaya, why would you say that his oath is binding because he did something? He's already bound by that. So they explain, The reason why he's Chayev is that he forbid things that were permitted together with what, what is forbidden. How did he do that? What did he forbid that was, permit, uh, that was permitted? Reish Lachish explains, Either if he speaks out, not only eating, but he's also forbidding Chatzishir. See, this addresses your question. Meferish means that he explained when he took the oath, I'm forbidding all of these things, even less than a shear. Um, like the Rabban, Obastam, or uh, like Revi Kiva, even if he doesn't say even Chatzishir, even any amount. Uh, as we turn to today's page, the Omer Adam Asr Asim Bakoshu. A person, when he forbids himself, he forbids himself even the smallest amount. Yeah, because he used the word forbid. Maybe you want to say that since it's only forbidden minatora, but I'm sorry, it's only forbidden rabbinically, but minatora it's permitted, and therefore that's why he has to bring a korban v'tanan. Let's say this law of a false oath. It's only a, this. There's another kind of oath. If somebody uh, knows testimony, if somebody knows that somebody paid back a loan. And he's, he, in paper, he denies the loan was paid back. So you put him on the witness stand and you say, swear to Hashem that he didn't pay you back. Look me in the eye. I paid you. And he says, no, I don't know any testimony. Don't know anything, right? He doesn't want to testify that he got paid. So that's called shua status. So it, only, it would only apply if that person is capable of testimony. If that person is incapable of testimony uh, and he doesn't testify, of course, that he's not guilty of shua status because anyways, he can't testify. But what? Who's not capable of testifying? So Rapapa says the uh, the king. The king doesn't go on the witness stand. That's, that's a that's a rule. Rebbe Bar Yaakov says the a gambler. Gamblers are, are not trusted. Um, uh, it's interesting. The uh, it's uh, people that are into gambling. You can't believe anything they say. That's <laughs> the. Uh, what, what is also interesting is that you have to be careful when you choose witnesses for a wedding. You try not to, if you know somebody's a gambler, that could be a problem. <laughs> so then the question is, what's, what's a, a professional gambler? In other words, there, there's gamblers for fun, and then there's professional. You know, is like a, but that's one of the categories of people we don't call on the witness stand. So, that's a rabbinic problem. The rabbi, what happens is, when a guy's gamble, he's always lying. He's always telling a fib. He's always playing with money, and he's stealing, and so, Masad Mikubya, Minat Torah, it's really kosher. 
And we don't let him swear. So we see even when something is even forbidden rabbinically, it's as if it, it's, uh, it's, uh, the, the laws of oaths don't apply. So the Morris said that's totally different than the previous case of oaths. Shani Hasim Domokra Imlo Yagi. The the oath for not testifying that uses the words if he refuses Yagid to do the Haggadah, to do the narrative to testify. Once the rabbis won't let him take the stand, so even Minatorah, he really is incapable of taking the stand. It's not just that he can't take the stand rabbinically. Once he, he can't testify, so then his, he's, it's impossible for him to violate the uh, not testimony. So, okay, fine. So, um, the Mora didn't bring a, the proof that we were thought would be a question from there is not a proof. But now the Mora has a different... Uh, the, this is how this whole thing started. The Mishnah, when it said, talked about Yom Kippur and it talked about uh, 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 eating, it says it's forbidden. It doesn't say it's a karis. It doesn't say you get cut off. It just said usr. Uh, usr usually means you shouldn't do it. It doesn't usually mean the supreme penalty of being cut off from Hashem. So uh, the question is, what, that was what we were trying to explain was maybe we were talking about even when it said usher it meant even less than the shear. Uh, but the but how do we even know that the word usher doesn't mean chorus? Because can't the word usher mean what how usher is it? It's usher that you get cut off. How do we even know that to start the question? Bahatanya we learned um even though all of these things are forbidden, lo omer onish kores ela ocha Now, there's a whole list of afflictions. So even though they're all forbidden, cut off, you only get for eating or drinking. Let's say you wash, a person wash on Yom Kippur. They're not going to cut off. It's only, that's usr, but it's not kores. The kores is on eating and drinking, or if a person works on Yom Kippur. So, halkikomer, this is what it means to get. lo omer el shir. That's only if you did the uh, the minimum amount. Abu Bakati Abu Kashir, that it's only not kores if you eat less than the amount. Abu Kashir, if you did the full amount onish kores, you'd be cut off. But Abu Bisha onish kores, and even the, when there is a, a cut off, ain't onish kores, ela ochavasho sevosa malacha bilbad. Then it's only in those cases. Is there a chati shir on malacha or there's no such thing? That's a good question. I don't know. That's a good. I don't know. I'll have to... There are a lot of people that only do half. The... <laughs> there are a lot of employees that only do half the job. But yeah, but that's his question. Does it? Does it, how would it? Caring. Is there a chati shir by caring? Um, yeah, so that's an interesting question. Or you boys say, there's another way to learn it. Kik tani iser ashar. That even when it says iser, it's not referring to the ones you get cut off with. The tani rabba rav yosef b'shar sif yibei rab menayin liyama kipurim shas brachitza b'tzicho benilas asano b'tasha mita. How do you know you're forbidden with all these things? Tamalom or Shabbos Shabbosim. Yom Kippur. The word Shabbos. Many people aren't aware it means uh, to desist or not. We see it as desisting from work. On Yom Kippur, it's more than desisting from work. It's not working, it's not eating, it's not drinking, it's not, all, it's not a whole bunch of things. Yom Kippur, the world comes to a standstill. That's kind of the that's Shabbos Shabbos. Okay. Uh, so we were just experimenting with how to read the Mishnah, and the challenge was there's two different onshin that are here. There's the onish of kores, and then there are some of them that are just forbidden. 
And the Mishnah didn't mention the chorus, it just mentioned forbidden, and that puzzled us. So that's when we got into, maybe we're talking about chatzi shir, so it's not a, a chorus, or may, uh, we're coming out now, maybe the, since there are multiple things, it just said forbidden. But some of them are more than forbidden, that you get cut off from. Okay, that's, that's how we came out, that since there's multiple kinds of things, and not all of them do you get cut off for, only eating and drinking, that's why the Mishnah said it the way it did. And Umar just wants to get back to chatzi shir a little bit more. And in, in the world of logic, this is one of the, the big sugyas of Chatzi Shir. Like you'll find um, almost every, uh, every great rabbi has, has a class on Chatzi Shir. <laughs> That's, it's one of those, Gufa uh, Chatzi Shir. Rabbi Yochanan says, Asr Torah. Even the Torah, even though uh, it's less than the amount, it's still forbidden. Reish Lakish says, no, what's your minute Rabbi Yochanan, Asr Torah, why? Ki He doesn't understand. If you eat a little bit, and then you eat a little bit more, it adds together to be forbidden. So even when you ate a little bit, it had to be forbidden. <laughs> if you eat half a, half a date on Yom Kippur, um, it's, it's, you're gonna, that, and then if you eat another half, those two halves combine Minotaur to get the book thrown at So even the little, he ate half, so, and then he, let's say he stopped. Are you gonna, uh, you can't say that doesn't count, because if he eats another half, He's going to be high of chorus. And what if he doesn't? But the fact that when you do eat, it, it adds together, it tells you that when you don't eat the whole amount, you did something. The question is, did you do nothing? When a person eats half a piece of bacon, did he do nothing? Because it... Um, he's, uh, saying he's, he's saying that even though you may think it's doing nothing, it is something because when it's combined with the next piece... That's it, that's right. right. Yeah, that's but right. only when yeah. it's combined is it... Right, it, right. but that shows you... Meaning it has value. It has value, right. It has a forbidden value, as we yeah. say, right. That's, that's, what, that's, what, that's, that's, that's the logic that he wants, that Rabbi Yochum wants to Rish Lakish says, Mutram in Torah. Torah says, eat and you didn't eat. That's not called eating. So now the two want to fight it out. If he doesn't combine, then also? It doesn't say how he answers that. If he holds it nothing, then really he shouldn't hold zero. Then um, let's see if Rashi addresses that. Um, that would seem to be a problem. Yeah, I don't know how he answers that. Again, we just hear the both sides, but we don't know how they answer each other's words. Uh, but now Rabbi Yochum wants to ask Rishon a question. Um, so I only know those. It's this, this is a quote from more increases. I only know things that have a punishment. Yishnu Bazara. Um, what about things that there are things where the Torah tells us the, the exact punishment, and there are things that the Torah says not to do, but doesn't tell us uh, the punishment. Um, so oh, there it's talking about forbidden fats. There's certain fat, fats where the Torah forbids, the, uh, says not to eat them. And our question is, where does the Torah tell us what the punishment? So at Ainli, Ella Koshish Yishabazora. What um, I, if it has a, a punishment, um, so you can assume the Torah forbid it. Koi v'chatzishir hoyl v'einabonish. A koi, or some people pronounce it a kfi. Um, this is a half-breed animal. It's half wild, half domestic. Oh. And it's a, there's a, been a debate about it, which category. It, is it a, a domesticated animal or a wild animal? And the, the real question is that the wild animals, their fat is permitted. It's only domesticated that it's not. So the question is, is it considered a chaya or not? So it, we don't know. 
So a kfi, uh, or my rebbeim called it a koi, since you don't get, I had actually had one Rebbe that pronounced it, one didn't. Anybody have a version on what's the the koi? Okay, it's like oi, it's a koi. What's koi mean? It's a half breed. It's a half. I'm saying that the word koi. Really? I don't know. A CEO wants somebody who's koi. Right. No, no, that's personal. Yeah, he was, he was coy. Yeah. Um, like, uh, deceivingly clever. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, Maybe this is deceiving. Yeah. It's yeah. animal. It's a decoy. Yeah. Oh, very good. Okay, so yeah, now we got some... Okay, so... So if there's no punishment, I would have said it's still forbidden. It says that even the fats of the koi are forbidden. So... Um, Basically, or even if you eat half a piece of fat, it's forbidden. So you see the chatzis shears aser minatora. So the more said that, that's midrabbanim. That's only rabbinic. The word all is is forbidden. Is rabbinic. I brought a passive cross. It's just a, a hint. And it's also a If it's minatora, koi spekahu. The the koi we don't. It happens to be something that we just don't know which category to put in. But God knows. It's rikrala suye speka. The Torah is going to tell you in case there's an animal you don't know. The fat's forbidden. So it more, says it's a crossbreed between a goat and a deer. Is that what it is? Okay. It is it like I guess? A, is it a wild goat or a domestic deer? No. Or is it a domestic deer and a wild goat? <laughs> a wild goat, right? Sheep and goats could have. Yeah. No, I don't think it's saying that it's the offspring of that combination. It's a breed. It shares commonality yeah, with yeah, them, yeah, but right. it's a total, it's its own species. Not necessarily. No, no. So I don't think that's the koi. I don't think that it comes from two different species. I think it's its own species. We don't know how to define it. That's exactly, yeah. So the word says, "Imishum hilo iri." This would be a proof because sever koi bear finatzma. Because we hold this, that's exactly what the more is trying to say is that it's its own species. Dilo temahachi. If you're not going to say like this, the Omer Rabbi Baravan Af Kol, he says it comes to include a koi, and we're saying a koi. We're not sure. It's a kralu riboy sveka. Then we have that question. The Torah doesn't come to permit or forbid something we don't know because there may be a way to tell. We just don't know it. Oh, it's clear. Bear yashani. It's its own. It's its own category. Hachanami very shiny. Okay. In other words, God created a koi too. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, he okay. says here that that's what the question is. He says that the question is if bribishneatsma means that even, it's like a like a like a mule. A mm-hmm. mule is bribishneatsma. Yeah. So this is also bribishneatsma. It's from a deer and a and a, and a goat. Yeah. So it, it's not. Okay. Well, to me, that doesn't sound like what Bria Bishneasma is. Is a mule a Bria Bishneasma? I don't know. No, yeah. I, maybe not. Maybe it's a crossbreed. You see, a Bria Bishneasma, I think it means if it was originally created that way, then you call it a Bria Bishneasma. Mm-hmm. We don't know whether it's but a crossbreed. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, from when God made voracious, he okay. made a koi too. Uh, yeah. A koi is a Bria Bishneasma. It, it was originally created that way. Okay. So we're five lines from the top, and now we'll start a new a new piece here. Tan Rabbanim, Tanu Esnafshoseichem. It uses an interesting word by Yom Kippur. It says, "Afflict oneself." 
That's the thing with Dafyomi. You got to keep on going. <laughs> so um, you have to afflict. Now the challenge is, uh, how do you afflict each other on you? Is there a mitzvah to be in pain? Like what's going on here? So I would have thought, Yochel Yeshu Bahama, you know what? You should torture yourself on Yom Kippur. Pick the seat in the sun. Or pick the coldest seat. It says afflict yourself. So maybe on Yom Kippur you're supposed to do something that's torture. When we grew up, it was to have a chazan in shul and be forced to sit there and listen. It was like, that was like, that was like, where is he going to fit? And you would think, the, yeah, that was, and you would think he's about to finish. And a chazan could go like 20 minutes on one word, you know. And then he'll repeat it. Right? Because it says, don't do any work. My malacha. Now, when it says don't do work, it just means don't do something. Af inoi nefesh. Here also you afflict yourself by not doing something, which in this case means not eating and drinking. You're, in other words, affliction doesn't express itself by doing something to put yourself in pain. The affliction is by not, not giving yourself creature comforts that you usually would. So in other words, there is a mitzvah to afflict, but the affliction is defined by not doing things that make you comfortable, but not by doing things to torture yourself. Uh, maybe if a person is sitting in the sun uh, and uh, he's hot, we'll tell him not to, uh, maybe if he is being afflicted, he's got to stay that way. Or Yossi Betula, he's sitting in the shade with horror and he's cold. It's true, maybe he's not obligated to give himself a pain, but maybe if he is in pain, we tell him not to get up. So, in other words, you've proven that you're not obligated to afflict, do something positive to afflict yourself. But maybe if he finds himself afflicted, he's not allowed to unafflict himself by getting up and get to a more comfortable spot. So It's similar to work. There's no difference. Uh, uh, you just don't do the work. Okay, fine. So Eno again is, is the avoidance of certain positive creature comforts. So you're allowed to get up out of the pool. You're allowed to get up out of the yeah. we learned over there, Tanya It says afflict yourself, I would have thought that you should sit in the sun and the cold to get pain. Again, this is just expressing it a different way. we find other cases like Shabbos where you can't do it. Af Inoi Nefesh Inoi nefesh has to be something that you can't do in another place. What is that? Zev is that pigol venoser. Uh, you find by uh, pigol venoser that you're not allowed to uh, to benefit from them. You're not allowed to eat them. Um, so, um, well, you have chorus over there for pigol venoser. Uh, so, shikchen uh, chorus. Below of that's in the case where a person eats carbonos of epiglovenoser shame bekoris. So uh, the question here, um, the afflicting oneself, um, you, it's it's in a way that we find in other places, which means not eating certain things. When is where do you see that by epiglovenoser there's a hive chorus? If you eat them here, also if a person eats on Yom Kippur, he's unafflicting himself by eating, and then he'd be hive chorus. So the Morris said, all right, avi pigol venoser shehem bekoris. What about if there are certain foods, um, you can't, uh, I understand you can't eat pigol venoser, 
But what about tevel, she'ene bekaris? If a person were to eat something that, ha- was a chi- that had a chi of tevel, that wasn't tithed, if a person eats that, they're not cut off. That uh, even if he eats tevel, the Torah says he's unafflicting himself, he's in trouble. Uh, I, all right, I understand if he eats tevel, you're in big trouble. You're a person, there's a death by the hands of heaven if you eat tevel. What if he eats plain treif? How do you know he can't eat that? The Torah includes afflicting oneself by not even eating treif, not even eating any kind of food. All right. That's, uh, basically, you have to afflict yourself by not eating any of these things that are forbidden. But how do I know? How do I know that even foods that are not forbidden, that you can't eat? So, in other words, we're, we're showing that the afflicting means by not eating all types of things. All right, there's no mitzvah to eat kulin. So you have to afflict yourself on Yom Kippur by not eating foods that there's no mitzvah to eat, but on Yom Kippur there's a mitzvah not to eat. But what if you're a Kohen and you have a mitzvah to eat truma? So can you eat truma on Yom Kippur? Maybe that's not included. Uh, there's a mitzvah to get up and eat. No, afflicting includes even foods that are normally a mitzvah to eat on Yom Kippur. You afflict. Oh, yes, the true. Why would they think you could do? You could eat truma because it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah, and that would trump the Yom Kippur. That's right. But the, the word enoy, uh, afflict yourself, is said in such a way that it includes even when it's a mitzvah. Right. I don't even see that thought. Why you could eat truma, right? Yeah. Um, I mean that's their that's that's their food. Right. For them, it's eating. Maybe, maybe it's right. like uh, that's Hashem eating. Like it's not like our eating. It's like when you eat truma, it's like you're representing Hashem. But so you can't eat your bowl of cereal. But if you want to eat Hashem's truma, maybe that doesn't count. Oh, you know. So it's like uh, okay. um, so obvious the truma. All right, I agree. Now we got you the truma. There's no. You don't have to worry about leftovers. You're allowed to leave. You don't have to eat it all right now. But they're carbonos. If you don't eat them, there's a sin of leaving leftovers. Shame about Tatiro. So I would have said maybe you're allowed to eat korbanos uh, on Yom Kippur. It says, So again, so basically, you're not allowed to eat nothing. <laughs> Whether it's a mitzvah, it's a veira, it's nothing, you're not allowed to eat it. It's all included, it's all in the reboy of Vitanus Nafshoseichem. You afflict yourself and you don't eat. Well, theoretically, you can't go to the base of the Mishra. I'm Yom Kippur. So I want to bring up Pasuk today, right? You can't bring private offerings. Anyways, but yeah, there's no, there's no Achilles Kachim on Yom Kippur. And if that isn't enough for you, I have another Pasuk. It says, mm-hmm. the, nefesh. the Pasuk describing Yom Kippur says, like, uh, you, you lose your soul. I don't know how they translate it, but it afflicts you in a way that your soul hurts. What's that? That's, uh, uh, that's not eating and not drinking. Uh, you feel it when you don't eat and you don't drink. That's, I thought I was going to say that your soul doesn't like it when you eat and drink on your own tip. That's your soul, but okay. Shabbos by nafa. Nafa sometimes means like your body, even oh, though it's right, like yeah, a... Yeah. The nefesh and the neshama. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now the more has a different question. 
Why do we need two proofs that you have to afflict yourself? So sometimes that word uh, of affliction might refer to having relations. The key tema is That pasuk is talking about uh, relations, uh, about uh, who you can marry and who you can't. So or having relations, on your or having your relations. So maybe it's just forbidding relations, not food. It's talking. I mean, it's one thing to say a person can't have relations on Yom Kippur. That doesn't have avedas nefesh. He doesn't lose part of himself. He just ha- can't do certain things. But this is an inui that you lose part. There's the idea that you, um, the, the person loses weight when they fast. And it's just like when you bring a korban, you put fat on the mizbeach, the, the weight that you lose is like giving Hashem that uh, uh, loss of weight, like it's a, uh, it's a vedas nefesh. What is that? That's eating and drinking. That, that's a sacrifice. It says afflict. We're really questioning the word affliction. It's a tough word. We don't find it in other... There's no other place where there's a mitzvah to afflict yourself. And so it's, um, it's not a slam dunk that it, it means eating and drinking. Maybe And what else does it include? So we have the word afflict. It means food. It means also starving, like starving oneself. Benelef, uh, but the more has a question. Let's learn from Lovin. Lovin says like this: Don't afflict my daughters. Uh, he made Yaakov swear that he wouldn't afflict his daughters. Now, what did he mean over there? It's a very unusual thing. Um, what he meant was, when a person has multiple wives, it's easy to ignore one because he has other ones. Um, so. Lovin was afraid that Yaakov would not be careful to show each each wife, make them uh, fully a wife. So they were all his daughters. No? They were all his daughters. Yeah, daughters. yeah. So he made him swear that uh, he would not afflict any of them, which means he wouldn't uh, deny any of them the the family life. So why don't we learn from there? Affliction means uh, you can't go to you know there's no family life. So the more says, done and eat it and rob me eat it Let's learn out from public affliction. The only time you find that word affliction in public is for uh, for no food. The ain't done and eat it rob me that's a private affliction. If a, a person's married and he can't have a certain wife, or if there's a certain wife that doesn't have relations with the husband, that's private affliction. I have a What about the famous case of Eno in Mitzrayim? It says, Hashem saw our affliction. Varmina, what is that? Zuprishis Derecheretz. It said that uh, the husbands and wives couldn't have normal family life. Their husbands had to sleep in the fields and make the bricks and stuff like that. So you see, that is a public affliction, and it's talking about how they destroyed our family life. Ella, so that, this kind of means that we, until now, we said the other word of Enoi was only private, not public. Here we see public Enoi includes. Uh, lots of people, not husbands and wives, are not together. Let's talk about heavenly inui. We're not about things that people afflict. So um, I, I, when a person uh, starts to get hungry and thirsty, that's heavenly affliction. You're, that's not somebody going and doing something. Okay. So where's the question? What about hamakilka min amidbar laman anusecha? This is a pasuk by the man. It's an interesting thing. It says that Hashem, when he gave us the man, he afflicted us. 
How is that affliction? You can't compare somebody that has bread in the back to somebody who doesn't. If a person doesn't know where the next meal is going to come from, how they're going to pay the next bill, they, they're worried. With the man, every day we ran out of food. In other words, we relied on a miracle that there'd be man tomorrow. But there was no, there was no man left over. So we were afflicted in that we had to live a life where we had to place our total trust in Hashem. It's very hard to live like that, not knowing that tomorrow I might start. He said, you know why man was affliction? Is that it looked the same. It didn't look, it didn't look interesting. You can't compare when you see and you eat. If you can't see, man didn't look like the foods, even though it was very tasty, it didn't look like anything. Um, one of the big things um, in the hotels when they prepare food, where you pay like $100 a plate, it's, it's the same food that you buy at home for much less money. But they, so, make it look very nice. they make it look very nice. They work on presentation. Mm-hmm. First of all, the waiters dress up. Mm-hmm. And then when they put the food on the plate, there's a color scheme. And then they scoop it in a certain way. And they have a napkin, and they don't want to leave like drops of gravy on the side. That doesn't look nice. And then they, it's, it's like really like a, it's a science to how they serve you. So that's why it tastes better, because you see it in a certain, it looks better. Uh, but it's like when we're in the back of the kitchen, it's the same food that you go into a kosher restaurant. You know, it's the same, uh, same Kroger's, whatever, you know, same kosher brands. Okay. Omar of Yosef, Mikan Rem is this... You see from here that if a person's blind, they eat, but they don't really enjoy the food. A person can't see. There, there is a certain element of, of not being able to enjoy what you can't see. If that's true, if you're having a meal, you should only eat it during the day because you can't really enjoy it fully without eating it during the day. Uh, in other words, there's a visual component to being satisfied. Omer is there, Micra. If that's true, where do you see that in the Torah? It's fascinating. The Gemara is, is intrigued by this to the point where they're bringing it on. Is this a halacha? Or since Hashem created this joy, you should experience that. Uh, it says, Tov mare mahalak nefesh. It's better what you see than uh, there, there's a value to enjoying uh, what you see. Well, that's just in general, you know, extolling the virtues of sight. It doesn't necessarily mean seeing my food. That, that sounds like, you know, a generic puzzle, that seeing is great. Yeah, so I don't know if it's a How proof or just it? a hint that seeing is great. I think yeah. it might just be a hint. And Reish Lakish took it a step further. He said, what about uh, other pleasures? So he said, Tov mare nayibisha He said that people can enjoy looking at women more than the actual action. Remember, tov mare nayimahalak nefesh. Nothing to do with food. Yeah, but in general, the the component there's a visual component to pleasure. Kiyitenkos, ain't no We'll leave that for tomorrow. That's a pasuk in Mishlei. Okay. Why did they 